Radio. You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Pet Talk Naturally, the place where your animal friends and nature come together to find health, happiness, and harmony with all the natural things the earth has to offer. Your hosts, Dr. Kim Bloomer and Dr. Jeannie Thomason, each week will lead you through the practice of taking care of your pets with all the wonderful natural elements that nature provides. So, get ready to learn about natural nutrition, preventative pet health, and more with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. Hello, I'm Kim Bloomer. I'm one of your hosts. And I'm Jeannie Thomason, one of your other hosts. (laughs) The only other host. (laughs) Just the two of us, huh? Yeah. And today we're going to be talking about healing hooves and hands together in love. This is a long-anticipated show for Jeannie and I. Mm-hmm. We're going to be speaking with Kim Meter. She is the founder of Crystal Peaks Youth Ranch, the ranch of rescued dreams. And I can't tell you how excited I am about this, Jeannie. Of course, you know we love talking about horses, but this show has so much more to it than that. And um, we're going to hear from one of our partners, and when we come back, we will introduce Kim to you. Time to take a walk down the path to happier and healthier pets. And while we're doing that, you get to listen to a few words from our sponsors. Naturally, Pet Talk Naturally will be right back. Pets are part of the family, and when traveling with your dog, there's only one magazine to include when packing your doggy's duffel bag, and that's Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Each bi-monthly issue includes hotel, city and state reviews, and doggy destinations to explore with your furry companion. Fido Friendly magazine can be found at Borders, Barnes & Noble, PetSmart, Pet Boutiques, and Fido Friendly hotels nationwide. Or you can go online to subscribe at www.fidofriendly.com. So get traveling with your pet today and leave no dog behind. And remember, Fido Friendly's the only magazine dedicated to the travel lifestyle of man's best friend and the one magazine your dog will thank you for. When you're looking to add a pet into your life, consider adopting a homeless animal from your local shelter or rescue group. Whether you want a kitten, puppy, or a more mature pet, a purebred or a -a one-of-a-kind mixed breed, even a rabbit or hamster, your shelter has the best selection of animals anywhere, all screened for good health and behavior. PetLifeRadio.com presents Take Me Home with your host, Susan Daffron. Join us each week as we showcase wonderful pets, tell stories, and even throw some pet education into the mix. So get ready to find out why the pet adoption option can be a great way to add a furry companion into your life. Take me home every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We're back, but our nature walk has just begun. Now, back to Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. That water you hear running in the background... 
That's Jeannie <laughs> with her pawn. It's better than a snoring dog this time. <laughs> Thought you guys would like a change of pace. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, today, as we said, we're speaking with Kim Meter, uh, founder of Crystal Peaks Youth Ranch, and this is truly the ranch of rescued dreams. And I really like the motto, Kim, that you have on your site on the very front. It says, the message of Crystal Peaks is simple. What was once broken, abused, and neglected can be transformed. And is transformed miraculously every day, I believe, on a ranch. Welcome. We are so excited to have you with us. Thank you. I'm so excited to be with you today. Oh, good. <laughs> Kim, the first, well, the first question that's going to come to my mind is Crystal Peaks Youth Ranch. I mean, how did this all get started? Oh, my gosh. It's a long story, but I think I can make it a short version for today. Um, In 1993, my husband and I bought the only property in Central Oregon that we could afford, and that was because it was so destroyed from being mined by cinders that nobody else wanted it. Oh, my goodness. And so we bought this property that had no trees, no uh, grass. It didn't even have soil um, out here in Central Oregon. Cinders are mined from many cinder buttes in the area, and they use that to put on the roads in the wintertime. And so this whole property was so destroyed that nobody else wanted it. And we went about the next two years going to all the ranches in the area and just begging them for their garbage. Can we please have your manure and holy <laughs> stall shavings? And we brought all that home and started to try to build an organic base to help heal this property. Mm. And during the next two years, my husband, as a landscape contractor, started bringing home all these lost and unlovely and broken trees that were all destined to be destroyed. And we started planting them in this giant pit in the ground. And, and we did that for two years. And then in 1995, we rescued our first two horses, one of which was missing 100 and, about 50 pounds of her oh normal body weight. This horse was so thin, I could not put my closed fist between her front legs. Aww. And the second horse, who is my horse to this day, I saw her former owner beat her so badly that he had to call a vet to come and sew up her face. You saw that happen? I saw it happen. Uh. And uh, the vet came, and he, the guy lied about it and said she reared up and hit her head in the rafters. And the vet knew he was lying and laughed and said she probably deserved it. Oh, no. A veterinarian said that, huh? Well, that's... A- yes. Aww. And that was the moment that I made the decision, I will get you away from him. Mm-hmm. And so these first two horses came to our ranch. Neither were trained. Neither were strong enough even to carry a rider at that time. Mm-hmm. And truly, as only God can, he took all these broken pieces, the broken property filled with all the broken trees and the broken horses... And before my eyes, something amazing started happening. All these broken pieces came together in the hands of the Lord to become the perfect place to heal the hearts of broken children. Oh, my God. And these kids started coming, kids we didn't even know. And they'd come up the driveway, and they'd have this wringing hands. We heard that you guys had horses that needed help, and, and we were wondering if we could come and help. Are you and these kids were not coming for what they could give. The horses weren't rideable, or they weren't coming for what they could get. Right. The kids were coming for what they could give, and we started seeing in their efforts of making the horses better, uh-huh. 
that the kids started to get better. Mm. Are you talking about these kids were the kids that were troubled? You know, in this day and age, that's about every kid. Yeah. True. It is yeah. so hard to be a young person in this day and age. It oh. doesn't matter what kind of home life you come from. Being a kid today is just hard. Mm-hmm. And so to answer your question, most of the kids that started coming during that time were struggling mightily with many things in their life. But they were drawn to you, Kim, and drawn to the ranch. This And somehow broken. they heard that you you were there? You know, we had shared with a couple kids at a youth group down the road that we had these two horses, and they had told their friends and their friends and their friends. And wow. Pretty soon these kids were coming. We didn't even know who they were. That is wonderful. Kim, that's amazing because there was nothing coincidental about that. Of course, we don't believe in coincidence. No. We believe in that God orchestrates everything for his purpose and his glory. And, you know, here's here's where I'm thinking what was going through my mind as you were telling that. So you obviously, did you grow up with horses or just like them or, or what? I did, and to go back to the true beginning of the story, um, my first writing experience that I can remember came on the day of my parents' funeral. Mm. My my parents died uh, not in an accident. I think that would be far easier to come to terms with. My parents actually died in a Uh murder-suicide, and they were going through a divorce. And I remember being driven out to my grandparents' house and told this horrific news that your mother has just, or or your father has just murdered your mother and has taken his own life. And I remember just running away. And how old were you, Kim? I was nine at the time. Oh my God! And I just ran out the back door and just ran and ran and ran. And it was in February, and and all this ground was plowed up it was it was an orchard and I just was running and running and running through this fallow orchard and and I remember at some point just falling down face dirt uh, face down in the dirt and um hearing what sounded like animal noises and not even recognizing my own voice (laughs) and I remember just screaming Jesus help me Jesus help me And what I now know as an adult is that the Lord of all knelt in the dirt beside a breaking child and reached out and took the fingers that were reaching up to him. And he has never let go. Ever. And that was the moment that I came to know the Lord. And and in the days that followed, I I opted not to go to my parents' funeral. Even as a nine-year-old, I knew those were images I did not ever want to be in my heart. Right. And so in my mind, I was going to go with my cousins and ride their horses, and and I was just going to ride away and never come back. (laughs) There was nothing to come back to. I lost everything on that day. And yet, uh, in my efforts to ride away, to run away, I ran straight into the arms of the Lord and between Mm. his unconditional love and the love of a little horse with crooked legs, Mm. my life was saved. Wow. And that's how I came to know love was on the back of this horse. And I couldn't have known it then that the tragedy that should have destroyed my life became the very figurehead of everything that would come many years later. 
Wow, and you you do have this story put down in your book, Hope Rising. That was your first book, right? Yes. And a beautiful book. And there's a lot of stories in there, but you also have a new book out um, called uh, Bridge Called Hope, Stories of Triumph from the Ranch of Rescued Dreams. And I'm sure it's just an, it's an extension of the ongoing process at the Ranch of Rescued Dreams, isn't it? It is. Mm-hmm. And, Kim, I'll tell you, my heart just skipped a beat when you were telling that story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, everyone comes from somewhere, and everyone who hears this broadcast today can nod their head in agreement that everyone has suffered. And if you haven't, you will. And it's really something that we all share as human beings, that we will know hardship. And I think that the wonderful thing about that is that oftentimes it is through the pain that we go through that we come to know what real love and real hope is through the Mm -hmm. Lord. And in knowing that real love and real hope, we also know that we can turn around and give that away. Hope is only authentic and real, not when we keep it for ourselves, but when we choose to give it away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to ask you about the horses again, Kim, because, of course, i am always been drawn to horses, and I don't remember a time in my life that I didn't have, I mean, as a child, I would go to sleep saying, okay, let me dream about riding a horse, let me dream about riding a horse. <laughs> and to the point that even as a little, up until probably age 12 at least, I used to pretend I was a horse. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Your horse bike, everything was about horses for me. And Mm so these creatures are, we'll talk about that further, I think, as the the show evolves here. But these animals have always meant so much to me. And I'm just wondering, when you brought these two horses to your broken ranch that was now healing, and you brought these broken horses who were now healing, and these broken children who were now healing with the horses, how the horses how they bore up under their burden prior how do you think that how do you think that horses deal with this these are prey animals that are living amongst us who are considered if we're going to go to the scientific version of us that we're predators correct and so how are they how do they bear up under this kind of abuse and respond to answer your question in the way that only makes sense to me is that they are so much smarter than we are. Oh, yeah. Mm. I I can agree with that. (laughs) And that horses are so intuitive. And Mm -hmm. where they outshine us is that they know how to trust and they also know how to forgive. Mm -hmm. I have seen horses forgive what I would consider just unthinkable things. And they choose over and over and over to give us another chance to try to get it right. And they just choose to forgive. And because of that, I'm a better person because of the horses that have been in my life because they show me how I can live my life better Mm -hmm. by letting go of my unforgiveness and choosing to open my heart again and say, you know what, I'm going to give this another try. I have seen horses, um, as have you, horrific, horrific things 
Not long ago, I was involved in the greatest horse rescue in Oregon State history. 130 horses were discovered that were all in various stages of death and dying. Mm. So many horses had died on this property that the ground was littered with their bones. Oh, oh my oh. God. And as we were walking by, heard, oh, that's a whole other story. <laughs> um, I looked over at my husband, who's a big, strong cowboy, and and I glanced across the sea of serrated spines and scruffy, scabby, bleeding carcasses, and and tears were just streaming down his face. And as these horses parted amongst us, we were walking in a herd of about 100, all wild, all untouched, and they were just dying in front mm-hmm. of us. And he pointed, and I looked in the direction that he indicated, and as the horses shuffled apart, what I saw twisted even my imagination. And I think I've seen it all. Mm. And before me stood nearly a three-year-old quarter horse thoroughbred. And in the real world, that's a big horse. Um, that would be close to 16 hands and mm-hmm. perhaps 1,200 pounds. Mm-hmm. And on this day, that horse was less than 400 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, she had grown this rampant lanugo, of which I've never seen growing into her eyes, into her mouth, trying in this desperate attempt to hold on to any scrap of body heat that she could create. And she was so weak that she couldn't even move any of her joints. Her sternum was out six inches. Her spine was up at least that high. Oh, God. And had wounds on her knees and her chest where she'd been repeatedly falling down. Mm. And all this uh, excess body hair had not been effective in keeping her from freezing. And her back had frozen and was peeling off in these big stinking flaps of necrotic skin. I could smell her before I could see her. And he pointed and he said through his tears, that is the one that needs us the most. And we will take her home when the time is right. And so um, it took many months. She was in intensive care for three months and came home to our ranch. And shy, 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 shy. And I remember one day we had this group of young men who came from incarceration. They came out of prison to our ranch and had earned the right to be there. And just extraordinary young men whose truly only crime was that they didn't have a father in their life to show Mm -hmm. them the way. Mm -hmm. And one of these young men, I was very aware, had a deformed arm and hand. And as he walked up the hill, I was greeting this group and... And I didn't hear what he said, but I saw his actions. And he looked at his counselor, and she told me later, he said, doesn't she know who I am? And the counselor said, yeah, she knows. And I saw him take her by the elbow and gently pull her backwards and look into her face. And she told me later, he said, no, doesn't she know that I'm bad? Mm. And the counselor said, yeah, she knows. And so as we were greeting each other, I was very aware that he did not wish for me to see his deformity. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I have a horse that I want you to meet. And this horse, we had to keep her in the very back of our property so we could prepare people for what they were about to see, even Mm -hmm. after her recovery was well advanced. She was horrific to look at. Mm. And as we walked into this corral, 
I, I asked the boys, just help me socialize her. All I want you to do is walk in the corral and just let her come up and smell you. That's all. And so they obliged me in that. And, and she was standing in the wind shelter, so we went in the corral, and they couldn't see her. And they're standing in this semicircle looking a little impatient perhaps. And, and all of a sudden this little head peeks out, and, and she came out like a little fawn coming out into a clearing, Aww. very slow. And as her body came into view, you could hear these hardened young men just go, oh, whoa. And she came up just like a little doe, so quiet. And we were all standing in a semicircle, and one by one, she reached her nose out to each one of these young men and smelled him and then would retract and think about that and then reach out to another and smell him all over and then pull back and think about that. And she had done this with all seven of us, myself included. And as God is my witness, this horse walked straight to this young man with a deformed arm and just pressed her forehead flat against his chest. And he just stood there, and he kind of looked back and forth at her and me, and he didn't know what to do. And and he kind of popped her on the top of the head a few times, and she threw her head up, and I said, No, no, gentle. Put your hand on her skin and leave it there and just make some circles. And he started to do that, and I don't think he ever looked back at me. Everything else just went away, and his world narrowed down to just a young man and a horse. And um, he stayed there the rest of the day with her. And when it came time for him to go back to prison, we couldn't find him. And a very short search found him still there, still with this starving horse, just loving her. And about a week later, after going back to prison, his counselor called me. She was sobbing on the phone, and she said, I have to tell you about Matt. And she said after he left the ranch, he changed. And he withdrew from everybody and everything. And he kept telling me, I need to talk to you, but not now. And I still need to talk to you, but not yet. And she said it took me days to realize he wanted to speak to me alone. He just couldn't say it. And so finally, I pulled him aside, and he just flopped down in this chair. And this young man who is six feet tall and nearly 200 pounds, not a boy by any stretch, she said he just started streaming tears, and he grabbed the front of his shirt. And he started saying, my heart, my heart, something has happened to my heart. I never knew that I could be loved. I never knew that there was anyone in this world who could believe in me. Until I went to that ranch up on the hill, and now I've come to realize that if the people and the horses on that hillside can choose to love me and to believe in me, then maybe it's time for me to choose to love and believe in myself. Wow. And that is the moment that his life changed. That is what we can learn from the horses that are in our life. And this was a horse that had been so neglected, and yet... I have held horses in my arms in better condition that died. Mm. How this horse lived is such a miracle in itself. She lived just to touch his heart. And if that horse can choose to forgive people, Mm -hmm. what an example for all of us to follow that there is nothing in this life that we cannot choose to let go of. And when we forgive others, it doesn't mean that what they did to us was right. It means that we are just free. 
Mm-hmm. Forgiveness, unforgiveness is a shackle that doesn't hold us. We hold it. And it is our choice to open our hands, to open our heart, and just choose like this blessed horse mm-hmm. to let it go. Kim. <laughs> okay, so I'm sitting here um, <laughs> crying about this, but it's we should have warned everybody to bring Kim. <laughs> Time to take a walk down the path to happier and healthier pets. And while we're doing that, you get to listen to a few words from our sponsors. Naturally, Pet Talk Naturally will be right back. Does your dog have problems walking with its back legs? If so, your dog is one of 58 million dogs that suffer with problems with its rear leg. Problems such as spinal myelopathy, arthritis, and hip dysplasia. Bottoms Up Leash helps your dog walk. It's a rear support harness that has won numerous awards, such as Dog Fancy's Editor's Choice Award, as Product of the Year, and it's been featured on CBS and Good Morning America. Visit the website www.seniorpetsupplies.com. Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in paparazzi, candid pictures of you and your pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Stop what you're doing and start horsing around. Every week on Pet Life Radio, horse expert and award-winning rider Audrey Pavia will be trotting out great tips on feeding, breeding, and more on everything equestrian. So set a spell and say hey to Audrey and get ready for a darn tootin' gallopin' good time. Every week on Horsin' Around, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We're back, but our nature walk has just begun. Now, back to Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. Yeah, the horses are amazing, but even bigger than that is how amazing God is. Yes. And what He has given us, the gift He has given us through His Son, and the horses are mirroring that. And they're showing us how to mirror that, to reflect Him. You know, God's Word says that all creation shouts His glory. And I can tell you for a fact that horses do too, just not in a voice that we hear with our ears. No, they're a different right. kind of animal. They mean their, their body language and their movement and everything, their eyes yes. can just speak volumes. And, but we have to speak their language. They speak ours. They speak ours. I think all the animals do. All of creation, when I hear the birds singing in the morning, I know. Early in the morning, this one bird wakes me up about 5 (laughs) a.m. Well, I'm awake, but I mean, he's 
chirping away in the dark. Mm. And I'm thinking he's singing praises to God. Mm. That is what they're doing. All of creation knows. I agree. I absolutely agree. And I think that all of creation teaches us how to praise God in all these unique and separate ways. Mm -hmm. And you were chosen to not just heal land and I mean the ultimate goal because God brought those horses to be healed he cares about every single plant and blade of grass and every single hair on our head and he brought that all together to show his magnificent grace and mercy and healing but hearts must turn to him and surrender yes it is our choice yeah and that, I think that's the biggest hurdle. And yet the horses stand there patiently showing these children. And Kim, you have so many stories, so many stories with so many children. I do. Um, and so I many. Do. And these horses have done things that in a normal, so-called normal, I don't know if it's really normal, a so-called normal setting a horse supposedly would never do. And yet God reaches out through his creation to show us all the time. I remember you sharing a story on a radio program I listened to where I first learned about you, about a horse. Um, There was a girl, I don't remember the entire story, but the girl was um, hurting and crying and sitting on a bench, and this horse walked away from grass (laughs) to comfort her. This horse, uh, the girl wasn't hurting. The girl was dying. Mm. Oh, okay. And um, she had a condition that she was not going to live through. And she came to the ranch in a last-ditch effort to give her hope and love and fun and friendship. And we had just rescued this horse from a horrific situation, and he had been through some horrible physical elements as well. And he was pale, pale, pale gold with a white mane and tail and, and... As we were grooming this horse, this little girl could not speak if I was looking at her. But as long as the horse was in front of us, she could speak freely. And this little tender stream of words started flowing between us. And we groomed and groomed and groomed. And and finally we came to this crossroad where I didn't know what to do next because her condition was such that um, she was was quite limited physically. Um, And so... uh, I just said, okay, what would you like to do next? And you could just see this conflict in her head just raging that, that I'm a really sick kid and, and my body tells me that I can't ride. But because I'm a little kid, little kids get to ride little horses. And, <laughs> and you could see these tears welling up in her eyes and she finally looked at me for the first time in our time together. And in this little squeaky voice, she said, I think I should get to ride. <laughs> and so we went in the tack room, and I'm gathering up all the gear, and and I said, you know, he needs a name. We we haven't had him very long, and he needs a really special name, and, and he's just this beautiful, pale, pale gold, and he always reminds me of, like, the promised land. And as I started talking about heaven, I turned around just in time to see her completely crumple emotionally, and I had inadvertently just pushed her in the direction that she is going physically, and mm. and um, she just 
started crying, and I felt bad, and she felt bad, and, and I had a saddle over one arm, and I just had my hand on the back of her neck and was just rubbing the little curls in her hair, and all these little tears started to dot the floor, and, and finally, just speaking straight down to the floor in this tiny voice, she said, if I ever got to name a horse... I think I would name him Promised Land. Oh, Mar- you mean before I she didn't, I mean, she so, didn't hear, she didn't know that you were thinking that. I, I was just saying that out loud oh, in, you in my it. thoughts, and so I said, then Promised Land it is, and, and so she kind of gathered herself back up, and as I got the rest of our tack, she had walked out ahead of me and just put her little hands on her hips and almost shouted, hey, Promise! How do you like your new day? <laughs> and so we went out into the, um, we tacked them all up and, and very quietly and carefully walked to the round pen and, and we played games and I told her, I want you to, to rub his nose in his face for a little while and I'm going to count to 10 and then I want you to go anywhere in this round pen and hide. And so it, it kind of reminds me how literal kids take things. I started to count to ten, and she, the way she rubbed his nose was like she was trying to start a fire. But <laughs> I've never counted to ten so fast in my life. Oh. And this little horse, I thought when she pulled her hands away, he was either going to be smoking or bleeding. <laughs> and he just took it like a man. He didn't move a foot, and she skipped away and curled up in a little ball. And she's kind of looking back at him, and I said, hey, no fair peeking. And... So she put her head under her arm, and true to form, this little horse walked right up to her and touched her back with his nose. And she uh-huh. turned around, and she looked up at him, and she looked back at me back and forth with just absolute wonder. Mm. And she said, did you teach him how to do that? <laughs> I said, no, he did that because he wants to. And so we did this many times of her hiding and him following her until finally I picked her up and put her on his back and and led him around in, I believe, one full circle around the round pen. And that's when I looked back at her, and her whole face was completely blue. And she has one hand on her chest, and she's mouthing to me, I'm done, I'm done. And I just dropped the rope, scooped her off, took her out, and the woman that brought her did a 911 to mom, and I, I asked her, what do you need? And she said, I need to lay down. And so I pulled a table over in the shade, laid her down, and went up and got some juice and some drinks. And the mom assured us, sometimes this happens, and this is going to continue to happen until the end. Mm. And so I came back down, and, and she's laying down in a fetal position on this table. And, and I just sat and held her hand and wondered, you know, Lord, is this going to be it? Is this going to be her end? And... We just laid and talked together. She laid down, and I held her hand, and we spoke for a while. And, and that's when I realized this horse was leaning over the gate of the round pen looking for her. Mm. And so I went, and I got him, and I led him over to the grass. And that's when, as, as a veterinarian, you know horses graze all the time. It's what mm. they're hardwired to do. And as I brought this horse on the grass, I unhooked his rope. He was completely loose to go anywhere on earth. And that's when he walked up very carefully straight above her. She could not see him. And he just arched his neck out and lowered his chin until it touched her temple. And it scared her. She didn't see him. And she startled and looked up and said, 
oh, it's you. And then she reached up and was kind of holding his nostril with her little thumb and index finger and just was holding his nostril. And he just stayed that way like he was protecting her. And that's when I was thinking, oh, my gosh, Lord, did you teach him to do that? (laughs) And (laughs) now you're thinking that. Oh, and God, it was like I could hear in my heart the Lord saying, no, he just did that because he wanted to. Right. He gave up his grass to go comfort a child. Yes. How much we can learn from the animals in our life because they reflect who Jesus Christ is. They do. And you know, Kim, there is a veterinarian who comes on our show, Dr. Hugh Basham, who says that it, from Job twelve seven through 10 about all that I've learned from listening to the animals. And that's exactly right. And I, for some reason, for me... And I'm certain for you and probably Jeannie too, horses have, there's something extraordinary about them. Mm, Yes, I agree. I agree. We entrust our life to them every time we're in proximity. They're ten times our size and could destroy us any moment if they chose to, but they don't. Mm. They choose instead to yield their will and their size to us. Mm -hmm. And I think the Lord came as a king, but he also came as a servant, and he came in love, and that's what, he is our example, and that's what he shows us to do, and he shows us even through other things that he's created as well, Mm -hmm. how to be a servant. Does a horse have the power and and the strength? Of course, and yet they choose to lay it down over and over and over, that we will know their love and the love of their maker through them. And God honors that when he comes again. When Jesus rides back, it's on a white horse. And I don't think that's symbolic. I think that's literal. I do too. A white horse. And there are horses mentioned through the whole book of Revelation. Mm -hmm. Uh, Horses are mentioned, and some might be symbolic. But I think that a lot of times people think that, that... what he uses is, you know, a lot of it's symbolic. No, I think it's both. <laughs> yes, it is both. <laughs> because God is so exponentially deeper and wider and, than us. And, Agreed. And he talks about the animals from Genesis to Revelation, but the horse specifically in Revelation. Hmm. And the horses are, you know, a lot of people that work with them are always saying what you said, Kim, that... They have this intuition and how they show us forgiveness. And I hear that over and over, whether they're from, you know, Christians or not. I hear people say that. And I just think it's something that God specially gifted them with. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. I have seen that played out over and over on this ranch, that they just show us not only how to love and how to forgive, but so many other things as well, how to rest um, oh, I have so many stories, well, and I don't know rest how much... together as a herd, if they were in the wild, they'll rest with everybody standing around and protecting those who are laying on the ground. Yes. And sleeping right. in their REM sleep, so that it's never, it's never an individual. They're all one. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they all work together we? as one, as one unit. And I think that God puts that message through everything, you know, through... through even our bodies are 
there is no isolated incidents in us. Mm-hmm. Everything works together. Mind, body, spirit works together um, interdependently. And I think it's really interesting how he shows this over and over and how he heals. These children come to you broken. These horses come to you broken. And together they heal. Yes. But I don't yes. think it's apart from the Lord. No. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I have seen that over and over and over. Animals, I mean, the healing never is, is uh, well, God has created us so fearfully and wonderfully, Kim, and, and, and how our bodies, everything, like I said, works interdependently, but healing always comes from Him. That's right. Because I mean, He can agree. choose not to. And I agree. I think that He put you on this place in this ranch of rescue dreams to show that you know on a place that everybody said oh no (laughs) yeah no way are you gonna buy that dead piece of land (laughs) that's exactly what they said (laughs) and i think if anything good can be said of what happens here it's really what the lord has done in that i feel so strongly that I just have this angel's view of peeking over the back of a horse and seeing this healing happen and these little sparks flying. And I feel so much like what the Lord is calling from me is to simply be a witness and just share what He is doing and what He can do for all of us. Kim, you have been asked this, and I'm going to ask this. And then we'll talk about your program in the um, remaining minutes but and how people can help you. But is this a religious program that you have it's, on Crystal Peaks Youth Ranch? We are absolutely a faith-based program. And what I mean by that is that this ranch and everything about this ranch is based on the love and hope of who Jesus Christ is. But with that being said, we want so much for this ranch to be open and available for everyone who comes here. Mm. And so, so much of how we share our faith is not with words, but primarily with actions and with life. And that um, we don't preach to anyone. Everyone is welcome. It doesn't matter who you are or where you come from or what you believe. Everyone is welcome. That is our heart, and that if people have questions about what we believe, they will ask us, and that's when we know their heart is open. Otherwise, just live what you believe and let people watch and see, and if they choose to ask questions, they will, and if they don't, that's okay, too. I want everyone to feel safe and welcome. I know that Augustine said that, and I'm probably paraphrasing here that, you know, um, as we live our lives, to live our lives as a Christian, let our witness be our lives, and when necessary, use words. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we practice that wholeheartedly here on the ranch. And that that way, everybody, we have had people from every walks of life and every faith come and spend time on this ranch, and we love and embrace them all. Something like 5,000 children that you've worked with, right? Well, we see that many a year. Oh, Oh my gosh. And so the ranch has had the privilege of loving probably more than 40,000 visitors, and what's spectacular about that is that um, it's free. Mm-hmm. Everything that this ranch does in the 13 years that we've been doing this has been free of charge to everyone. Uh, and then uh, it's available for the families who need it most, and the price is just right. Mm, it's because free. 
It's free, and it's God's gift. CrystalPeaksYouthRanch.org, where people can find you and also step up and help Mm -hmm. um, to support the ranch. But um, your program, would you tell our audience, Kim, about your program? Um, Our program, as I said, uh, we began, we rescued our first two horses in 1995, and since that time, we've been involved in the rescue of more than 300 horses. We only have nine acres of property, so it's been creative at best, and many of the horses we adopt out into approved homes. Um, And we also, the foundation of the ranch is to pair rescued horses with children in need. And as Mm -hmm. I said earlier, that's pretty much all children. The ranch serves all children, but our primary focus is kids who have really been through some difficult things, and that opens the door pretty much for everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so um, the ranch pairs these rescued horses with herding kids, one leader, one horse, and one child, nearly 100% of the time. And so these kids basically are getting a private lesson with all the attention of one adult the whole time that they're here with a horse. Mm-hmm. And that program is free. That's amazing. And I know you have a full staff um, that that um, help out there, right? We do. We have a paid staff of about a dozen through the year and sometimes up to 20 during the, the hot season, which we're just entering into. And, and we always have about 30 horses on the ranch at all times. So it's um, the ranch is completely funded by people who believe in what we do and make donations, and it works. And wow. that you know, and that's amazing. That's again, that is not by um, accident. No, <laughs> by grand design. Well, Kim, how can people help? That is such a great question. I was just thinking that I should direct people to our website for more information. It's CrystalPeaksYouthRanch.org, and there's just a ton of information on there. And um, our staff and the horses, who are both just superstars in my family. Well, they're going to want to bookmark it and hang out and read all the stories <laughs> and order the books. Too. Right. And I think so. And as I said, everything about this ranch exists because of people who believe in what we do and the children and horses that we serve. And so um, this ranch has run for 13 years by donation only. And and it has worked. And I believe that, you know, if God is in it, he provides for it. And he has. And so with that, I just wish to thank everyone who has ever been a part of this ranch through either buying the books or sending a donation. You have served tens of thousands of children and Mm. hundreds of horses. And, and of course, my heart is for everybody to come and visit us. I want to. (laughs) I know that. Please (laughs) do. And, you know, actually, I lived in Oregon for one year as a child when my father was um, getting his... Uh, doctor's degree in physiology up there, so it's interesting. Mm-hmm. What, and again, what city in what? I'm sorry, you're not in city, but what city are you close to, Kim? We live between Bend and Sisters, which are, if you look on a map, almost right in the center of the state, and we're on the east side of the Cascade Mountain Divide. Ah, okay. So we live in the Cascade foothills. At so you're not off of I five. Uh, what's that? You're not off of the Interstate five. No, that's on the other side of the oh, mountains. That's on the yeah. west side of the state. We're that's on my desert. side. <laughs> well, yes. might, I know that you also provide information clinics that will help other people who are interested in starting a similar ministry in their area so that we could see Crystal Peak Youth Ranches across the country. 
something amazing has happened, and since the two books have come out, we've been contacted by hundreds of people who have all shared this resounding theme that, oh my gosh, you're living my dream. You are living my dream. (laughs) With horses. And they've all said that, you know, I didn't think it was possible, but now I know that it is. Can you show me how to do the same thing? And so we have started teaching two information clinics a year. There's always one the third week of May, and the second one is, I believe, the first week in June. And to date, oh, probably 500 people have come to the ranch to learn how to do something similar. And at last count, I believe there's 120 other ranches that are up and running in our nation and in Canada who are doing something very similar. That is amazing. That, that, that was exciting. It's totally oh. awesome. And, you know, Kim, I have to go back to the horses because I'm drawn back there. And as I was looking and reading each one of their stories, because you have stories of several horses on your site and, of course, yeah. of um, your staff. And, man, was your staff wonderful. I'm telling you. I'm just um, sending them a big cyber hug because of the work that they step up to do but um, and how they shared. But... Ellie was the one that you spoke about early in the show who you rescued, the, the second horse that you rescued that was yeah. beaten. And she has become what you call your equine soulmate. But you have so many, and you also have her son, Kobe. And I do. would like mm. you to share a little bit about Kobe and how he got his name. His, um, I, Elle was the first horse that we rescued in 1995, okay. and she's the one that I saw being so badly beaten. If you come and visit my ranch, you will see that my horse has an eight-inch scar between her eyes. Mm. And from that first day in 1995, she has become one of my truest friends on earth. And I think about every person that's ever owned a horse will nod their head in agreement in knowing that over and over and over, the Lord has used this horse to save my life. I mean, you even go swimming with her, don't you? <laughs> I do. <laughs> we There's hardly a mountain lake in Central Oregon that we have not swam side by side Aww. in. So she is one of my dearest friends on earth. And not long ago, I realized that, oh, my precious friend is is getting older. And so I made the decision, which we do not breed horses on our ranch. There's so many unwanted horses on earth. And And I just decided that I don't ever wish for there to be a day in my life that part of her is not with me. Mm. And so she had a son, and he is a year and a half, and I named him Covenant. Mm. And it took me many days to come up with that name. And the reason I named him that is that I have never been able to look at him and not know how much God loves me and has blessed my life through him and through his love for me. And he's just... This goofy, tender-hearted, playful boy that <laughs> oh. just loves to play, and oh. and already he has been such a dear and precious friend. Oh, see, that's just see. God knew; He knows that we have we we need to have those friends, <laughs> those animal friends of ours, and yes. He's special. His name is special because um, covenant with God is not something to be taken lightly. I feel so much like he is God's covenant that the Lord has given to me mm-hmm. that I'll not only speak my love in your heart and through the things that I've made, I'm going to also send you my love in this beautiful little four-legged package. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> love that. And he has been all that. 
But you have so many different kinds of horses, too. Okay, I love Clydesdales, and I know you have a Clydesdale. <laughs> we have two. And you have mm. Arabians and Friesian. I love Friesians. Okay, what horse don't I love? Okay, I could say that about dogs and horses. I'm just crazy about them. But Appaloosa okay. was my first love, and you have Appaloosa, Quarter Horse, Thoroughbred, Hanoverian. I mean, you have everything in their mixes. And yep. Um, yep. A special, another special horse that caught my eye, because he's so unique, is Halo. Oh, Halo today is probably in my mind the rarest horse we've ever rescued wow. and as you know as a veterinarian that uh, well I'm actually a veterinary nature path but <laughs> got it um, you would know that Arabians uh, up until just recently if they were born Palomino could not be registered because they just believe that Arabs can't make this color mm-hmm. and so his color makes him extraordinarily rare mm. but in my mind what makes him even more rare is that he's the only horse that I know that has survived being hit by a semi-truck and trailer. Oh, my God. And so he is aptly named Halo, and he is just one of the best children's horses I've ever known. He's stunning. He he is is. stunning. Um, Because, you know, I had... As a child, my it started out being, um, this is really funny, I wanted a chestnut-colored horse with a blonde mane. Don't ask me why. Just, that's what I wanted when I was real little. But the Palomino caught my eye when I was 10. The Appaloosa before that. But the Palomino, because he was the horse that I learned on, guess where, Kim? Up in Oregon. Wow. Yeah. And um, he is stunning because he's an Arabian and, you know, they're so unique and, and different looking anyway. But then to have a Palomino one. And, and whether that's accepted as the registry or not, I think he's just amazing. And he's just kind as the day is long. He's been in every parade we've ever done. You wouldn't believe the costumes we've put on this horse. <laughs> Half the time, he's the Jesus horse in the back. and um, he's Angel, I bet, right? <laughs> oh, he's, he's all that. Um, he's just really an extraordinary horse. I went down the hill the other day, and he was being painted with flowers, all from his cheeks down to his tail. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like a man. <laughs> Oh. You know, and you're and you do have the children work with them that way. I mean, you paint on them, and I've seen some of the horses, the Appaloosa for one, that's been painted on. So, are you when you're doing this? Are you teaching them? Um, what What is the the idea behind that, Kim? Most of the kids that come to our ranch have never touched a horse in their lifetime, and I have learned that oftentimes they come with great fear of horses Mm -hmm. and how big they are and they might get hurt. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we'll just give them a bucket of paint and a paintbrush and say, you know, paint your favorite thing. And all of a sudden they realize that they're very close to this horse and they've spent the whole day painting this horse in very close proximity and the fear goes away because they're focusing on their artwork. And then at the end of the day they realize that, wow, I had my hands all over this horse and... (laughs) And, and he treated me just right, and he can't trust it. And these are horses that didn't have gentle touches from humans a lot of times prior. No. Mm. No. So, um, so they're benefiting actually, as well. You know, they, as I said, continue to show over and over and over. They lead the way for us as human beings to give up our anger and our mm-hmm. frustration and our unforgiveness and our lack of trust. I mean, Halo was one of the wildest horses that has ever set foot on this ranch. 
when I opened the trailer jo- door to have him come, he jumped over my head. Oh. I remember oh, looking wow. up at his belly and thinking, oh. that's a new one. <laughs> <laughs> yikes. So, yikes. And now here he is with his eyes half shut and letting these kids paint him. And, oh. um, you know, we take him up in the mountains and we do packing trips and he loves it. He loves it. We'll be out in the mountains for a week at a time and not see another human being. And he just thrives. He's such a good boy. Kim, you have said something real pivotal a couple minutes ago about fear. The fear is removed. And one of the things that I know is that fear and faith cannot coexist. So when you remove the fear, then faith can triumphantly come in. Wow, you're right. And... It opens hearts because we put up blocks, and animals do too, with our hearts. And I think us more because animals are just, like you said, they're a whole lot smarter than us. (laughs) Um, But when we can remove those blocks of ice, which is the ice of fear from our hearts, Mm. and then then forgiveness can come and the healing can come and that's when faith just steps in and warms everything back up and fills that void you know God purposely left a void in us that can only be filled with him Mm -hmm. and you are showing that very much in your ranch that has now grown to 120 ranches you say with other people modeling this and that is how God is He's so loving and kind and good, and he wants none, that none should perish, but all should come. Right. Yes. To the knowledge of truth, that all should come to repentance and forgiveness. And um, his son took care of that at the cross <laughs> for Amen. all of us. And I think that it's really wonderful that you were showing this in a non-threatening way that takes away the fear for people. You know, someone did it for me, and my life was saved because of it. And I couldn't have known at that time that that would become the figurehead of everything that I get to do now. Mm. I think I'm the most blessed woman on the face of the planet that I get (laughs) to do this. (laughs) And I think that someone did it for me, and my life Mm. was saved because of it. And what an amazing honor and joy it has been to be able to offer this for others as well. Every kid should have the opportunity to have a horse in their life, and mm. it shouldn't matter if they're rich or poor. Right. Horses, as you know, are very, very expensive to keep, and I don't yes. want that to ever be a, a block for any child to not know the unconditional love of a horse and, and the Lord through that horse. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we have worked really hard to keep our program free. Wow. And, and yet the money still comes in. Yeah, God still blesses. And day so by day, dona- donations come in, and that that's interesting, Kim. And I'm sure your book helps, uh, your two books help to fund that as well, right? You know, the word just goes out, and and I have to trust that it'll go where it's supposed to go, and that people will hear and know, and and that God will just lay it on people's hearts that this is something they should do or not. And mm. the ranch doesn't do fundraisers. We don't ever ask. Um, people do or don't if they choose. Right. And that's amazing. the ranch has, has been funded for 13 years now. Oh, that's mm-hmm. so great. Again, that's crystalpeaksyouthranch.org where people can go. And I hung out there, and then I discovered that, um, and we're running down to the end of the show here, Kim, But um, and we didn't take a break on purpose because I wanted this to flow through, but 
um, the Eric Close, who's on um, the show uh, Without a Trace, is on your board. Yes. And I, I, I was encouraged by that because I do watch that show, and I was encouraged to know that, you know, that you would, he's a Christian. I hope you would be encouraged to know that he is a spectacular man, and he loves the Lord. He's a moral man. He mm-hmm. has um, a couple of girls, and he's just a great dad. And Eric it shines through. You can that. tell him. It shines through in his work on, on television. He's different than everybody else there. <laughs> I will take great pleasure in sharing with him that you said that. It's something that I know he prays about a lot. And he, we are so blessed to have him in our life. He has been a dear, lifelong friend. Um, he's been a friend to me and Troy for many, many years. Oh, that's and wonderful. And believed in this ranch before actually it even was a ranch. Oh, wow. Wow, that is so great. I just see the, the, the amazing things that God is doing in every mm-hmm. facet of life. And, Kim, I am so glad that you're out there, and I hope that people will um, take a visit up there and read your Me book. Too. And yeah. go and uh, and support this work because it's so important. And these children are healing. These horses are healing. And I think that's wonderful. And in parting, what words would you like to leave the audience impressed with, Kim? I would love to say that within this life, what I have come to learn is that there is no pain in this life that is so great that God's love for each one of us is not greater still. Mm-hmm. There is nothing that can happen to us in this life that His love cannot carry us through. And as we said earlier in the show, it is a choice to reach out to Him. And He promises that if you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. Amen. That is exactly right. Amen. Kim, thank you so much for being with us yes, today. Thank this you, was Kim. It was an honor for us to have you, and um, we look forward to all uh, knowing you for eternity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, well, God bless you both. It has been such a joy to be able to do this together today. Thank it you. It was. Thank you. And in a spirit, in the spirit <laughs> of love and truth, we hope you all have a tail wagging, hoof stomping, wing flapping, perfectly animal talking day. Pets and nature come together every week on Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim Bloomer and Dr. Jeannie Thomason. Learn how to care for your pets with all the wonderful natural elements that nature has to offer so your pets can live a happy, healthy, and harmonious life. Pet Talk Naturally, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Naturally.